This is the Cosmic Voice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Cosmic Voice. This is Season 5, Episode 18. I am here with my co-host, Chris Natalini. What's up? What up? What up? And I am Mick Michaels. Welcome back, everyone, to another show. Chris, my good brother from another. How are you? Everything's good, man. You're good on your end? I'm good. Busy. 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 Like the guy from uh, Frosty the Snowman. Busy. Busy. (laughs) Busy. See, my Christmas reference already got it. Starting, we're starting. Here we yeah, come. Not even, not even a full minute and a half into the show. That means kiss is right around the corner. Bang! Right around the corner, buddy. Right around the corner. Just by saying kiss, we've already done it. Already done it. Not even two minutes into the show. Not even two minutes into the show. <laughs> Speaking of which, you know, they're doing their final 50 this year. Yes. And there's yes. already talk about the Las Vegas residency. Of course they're going to do it. They're going to do their 50. They're going to take maybe a couple months off. And then, boom, they're going to do at least a month, maybe longer, I'm sure, out of Vegas. Why wouldn't they? Dude, listen. Come why on. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't you, man? I mean, listen, you know, Aerosmith did it. I think Def Leppard did it. I think I want to say, did the Scorpions even do it? Like, when Tesla's that, doing it. I think they're, they did right. it for three days, and then they expanded it to seven, and they're calling it a residency. So if you just show up, it's a residency at this point. <laughs> no, Eddie Trunk did say, listen, he goes, no offense to Tesla. I love him a lot. But a residency's got to be at least a month or more. Three days don't well, that's, count. That's, that is true. You know, I saw, if you remember, uh, you know, when Chris Angel, the magician, was or illusionist, I guess. You know, when he was real popular, you know, when he was doing a residency, I believe, at the Luxor. I saw an interview with him one time, and he was like, you know, the, the cool thing. And I'm going back a number of years, obviously. It, it always stuck with me. And the one thing he said was like, you know, I like the residency because I can live here which he was staying at the luxor i can live here and people can come to me i don't have to travel out i don't have to deal with all that planes and hotels and i literally stay in one spot and people come to me and i was like that's kind of a cool idea and then you know and then of course i think when aerosmith did it i think steven tyler said the same thing like we don't have to deal with touring we'll let people come and see me barry manilow did it and all this and i i think it's a great thing i mean why not man i mean you know you go to Vegas, how cool is it to go see one of your heroes or one of your favorite bands or artists, whatever, uh, you know, whether it's Sleet and Dion, who cares? Like, it's just really cool to go to Vegas and go, I'm going to go see a show, too, that, uh, you know, someone that I enjoy. I think that's kind of cool. So why wouldn't they? They're going to get a ton. If they do it, they're going to get a ton of money. Why wouldn't they? I agree. Why not? Right. It's a built in crowd. I mean, because I've done some reading on it and things like that. 
And I guess it depends on how long you do it. A lot of the bigger name performers don't book past a certain time. But there are the people, like Celine Dion did it for a number of years. Marie Osmond, they went out for, I think it was like a year. They wound up doing it for like 10 years. Right. But there are also acts, like say, again, like say with the Osmonds, Donnie and Marie, they're acts that at one point in their time were so mega huge. And people don't even realize that in 2023, how big the Osmonds were in the 70s. Like the, it was like Beatlemania. That it was like Osmond right. mania. That's how crazy right. it was. So sometimes people go, oh, the Osmonds, and they start to snicker and all. But, like, man, if you go back in time, it's like, holy crap. So you have that section of the population that has the Osmonds still in the back of their head. That was the teeny bopper years for them or whatever. So that makes sense. But they reached their peak, and this is a good way just to stay relevant again. There's always that concern to me. Like, unfortunately, Elvis is the downside of what happens when you do a long-term residency. Like, he became a lounge act. Like, I was just yeah, talking to somebody yeah. yesterday who works with a gentleman who's in his 70s, who he and his wife seen Elvis during those oh. residencies oh. in the earlier part of the 70s. Like, kind of like oh. in between when the guy said he wasn't skinny Elvis, but he wasn't the heavy he set the Elvis. Elvis. He was kind of in the yeah. middle. And he said it was... It was okay. It was a laid-back show. The place wasn't packed. It was an early show because he was doing two shows a day. He was doing an early show and, an, and, an, and then a late, and show, a late yeah. show. He goes, Elvis gave it his all. This particular gentleman, his wife even got one of Elvis's scarves. You know, like oh. anybody that was an Elvis <laughs> fan knows that Elvis would put about 10 scarves yeah. on and go around and hand yeah. one out. And I'm like, well, man, just that alone to me. Just that is, alone. Yeah. But there's the truth in it, because I know that the movie, if you've seen the Elvis movie, it's a cool movie. There's a little bit of, like, you got to take some things with a grain of salt, even though they say it's accurate. There is some, depending on what you read. But it was a yeah, good movie, yeah. definitely a good movie. They have it that it was packed nonstop. But that's not yeah. really the truth when you the talk truth, to people yeah. were there. Because I think he was doing six days a week, and I may be incorrect on that, six days a week, two shows. And the shows were at least two hours. I mean, you think of, I mean, that's, listen, I did two shows back to back with a studio run and I'm shot and I wasn't even the singer. So yeah, you yeah. could imagine what that was taking on him. And then the pitfalls of such a thing, he became over medicated to keep him going, right? Right. Just keep him going. Could have been the inspiration for the wall. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I think too, you know, with those residencies, I'd be interested to know, and I kind of already know the answer, but I wonder what the percentage of people that go to see those shows are there and just go to the show because they're a fan or what like what the ratio is of people that travel to go see that show and stay in Vegas or go to stay in Vegas and go see that show. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder what that ratio is. And, you know, of course, there's going to be that uh, you're going to get those hardcore fans of whatever artist you're going to see. Of course, you're going to fly out there to go to Vegas, see the show and just stay in Vegas. I wonder what the the yeah, ratio. Of I understand what you're saying. Yeah, you'll have it. specific fans that will go there to see the band. Then you'll have right, people right. that kind of are wishy-washy and go, well, I'm in the hotel. I'll go see the show. And then right. there's people that are there in town and like, well, what shows are available? Like, we want to do something. I right. have been to Vegas a couple times. I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm not a gambler. I'm not a smoker. And I don't like overpaying for anything if I don't have to. <laughs> um, I played Vegas too, which was kind of cool. That in itself yeah. as a musician is like, oh, this is kind of cool, you know. But I remember we were like, well, what shows are out there? 
You know what I mean? What shows like you right. know, and there's right. I mean, there's stuff all there's over t- the place t- t- on the strip, blocks off yeah. the strip. You know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. multiple shows going on. Yeah. So I'm that kind of guy. Let, what shows are happening? And then the next question is, what shows are really affordable? Do I want to, you know, do I, you know, because again, go back to my number two rule. uh, I don't want to overpay for anything. So, yeah, Yeah, you know, and again, some of the bigger name stuff, you're not getting price tiers. But then you have like, hey, Chris Angel cost me, you know, I have to remortgage my house. And then I'll go see some uh, two bit guy and then I can at least get three people in and maybe get a soft pretzel. You know what I mean? Yeah, I uh, I mean, listen, if they do it, good for them, man. You know, they're at that age where they don't need to tour, you know, and go through all that traveling stuff. And, you know, if they could just set up and keep it stuff set up and be in a controlled environment, then rock on, man. Good for them. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it's great. A ton of money. Another thing I always think of is, not to prolong getting to the topic, but if the Beatles were given the opportunity to do that, to do a residency, would they have done it? I don't know. Like, mm. if they stayed around long enough. Comedians and other solo singers had done what would be considered now a residency. They just did appearances quite often. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I think yeah. it was Elvis that really set the tone of what a residency a resi- and a is. big production was like. And I'm just yeah. wondering if the Beatles did stay into the 70s, would they have done something like that? Now, they had stopped touring completely for a number of reasons and from what i read it they felt that it was poor sound the exhaustion that they felt of touring and they were young guys yeah and the increased risk of security that they were starting to and i really think that third one was probably more of the bigger aspect sure in making sure you know kind of once they stopped touring they stayed in the uk so i don't know would they have done it i don't know maybe I, i'm not sure Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they would have. Yeah. That'd be cool. Anyway. It's the Rusta Boss. This is Stephen Pearson from Rat, the Rat Bastard. You're listening to the Cosmic Voice. All right. So the topic for tonight is, and just as a note, so we've done our Kiss and Christmas reference. Already. Already. So who knows what's going to happen for the rest of the show. All right. So the topic for tonight is the rising cost to tour for bands and artists. The rising cost to tour in 2023. It's been on a soaring, rocketing path since, I guess, the gates opened in the pandemic. Basically, since 2021, touring costs have been out the roof. And it seems not to be stopping. There's no leveling right now. Chris, what do you think about it, buddy? I think it sucks, man. I think it sucks. I myself have been the victim of uh, rising tour costs. Uh, I guess uh, last year I was supposed to be heading overseas to a festival. And what happened was, and actually the same festival, I was not a part of this coming up this year, but the same festival canceled again. Apparently, you know, when I talked to my European friends over there that run the festival and apparently you know what's happening is between gas the war uh has affected germany inflation you know people having trouble working making ends meet flights hotels you know bands getting paid what's happening is that a lot of people and i'm only speaking in the fest that i know of because i have direct contact and i 
understand the workings of what's going on behind the scenes. Apparently what's happening is people are picking and choosing, you know, when everybody was able to tour and play out at, you know, this year, and you and I have spoken about it off the air. We may, I don't even, we may even talk about it on the air. There are so many shows happening right now. My calendar is filled with shows, a lot of them during the week, which is super interesting to me. Just filled with shows, big acts, smaller acts, like everybody just broke out. And there are a ton of festivals, especially in the community that you and I are are deeply involved in, the metal community. There are so many festivals going on. You know, what's happening is with, uh, when I was talking to, you know, when these festivals in Germany canceled, their problem is that the pre-sales, people aren't, uh, they're spending their money (laughs) other places. They're not necessarily buying tickets to a smaller festival. They're because they, they can't afford the bigger festivals and the smaller festivals. So they're picking and choosing. And unfortunately, the smaller festivals, the ones that I was supposed to be a part of, aren't doing well. They're not making money. And that's all over there. That's I mean, that's not just the festival that I was involved in. There are many small festivals over there that every day I keep seeing getting canceled because the pre-sales are abysmal because people are spending their money on the bigger festivals. You know what I mean? Like 500,000 people would rather go see Vakken and spend their money there than, you know, the smaller festivals where they're only seeing, you know, with Vakken, I think it's like two or three days where, you know, the smaller festival, it's like two days and a bunch of bands in a smaller venue. And people are picking and choosing when in 2019, before COVID, when I was over in Europe, those places were sold out packed houses. And when we were on those festivals, well, now those same festivals, they're getting canceled because people just can't afford it. And it's happening over here too. You know, we see it every day. You know, if you pay attention to, rock or music news you're seeing it every day you're seeing that you know venues are taking you know money of merch you're seeing that bands are trying to fight these bigger ticket companies for these fees and listen we all know it everybody listens to the show we're all involved we're all dealing with it we're dealing with high costs of food high costs of gas high costs of living and you know maybe your job's not paying enough to make those ends meet that when they give you a raise it doesn't matter because everything's up and you're not making any extra you're just staying the same and uh you know we as blue collar working people aren't you know we're having trouble making ends meet and it's the same way with touring these bands are having so much trouble touring because uh buses and vans are hard to get a hold of because everybody's everybody broke out and is trying to make the money that they lost and uh it's bad, man. You know, merchandise, you know, those costs are up. I, I, my uh, my newer band just got a bunch of T-shirts, and uh, it costs us a, a little more in, in T-shirts because of uh, the rise in costs. And it's crazy, man. It really – and it's sad, too, because even myself, there's many shows that, again, like I said, that are coming around, and, and I have to kind of pick and choose because there is so many, and some are super, super expensive. You know, I, I wanted to go see the Metallica tour, um, you know, when they're playing New York, they're doing like two dates and, and it's it's just really, really super expensive. You and I spoke about Kiss off the air and how expensive those tickets were. And uh, and unfortunately, buying merchandise, buying bands merchandise has gone up because of uh, the rise in costs of touring. And it's sad, man. You know, it, I understand. I, I never really minded paying a little extra, you know, for a T-shirt or whatever at a live venue. Because I, I know it goes to the band, but as we get older, we find out that not all that money's going to where it should be. Of course, right? It's the music business because that's how it goes. The, you know, the artist is the one that suffers the most when they're putting out the most. You know, if it wasn't for the artist, the merchandise people, the people running the the booths at the you know at the venue, nobody be getting paid if it wasn't for the artist. And yet, the artist is making the, the less money out of everybody. It's kind of a crappy thing, man. You know, and uh, unfortunately, in this day and age, things go up 
because they can. And it's just as simple as that. You know, there are things that um, you may see in your everyday life that you go, why is like, why is this? Like, I understand maybe, you know, we joke about eggs or milk or bread or whatever. You know, we may we may understand why gas, we may understand why that's going up. But why did coffee go up? Like, like what? You know, where is that? How does that work? Like, but you find out that a lot of companies are just raising their prices because everybody else is raising their prices. And, you know, there may be some there may be a company that goes, well, we don't necessarily have to raise our prices, but let's because we can because everybody else is, you know, making more money. So why shouldn't we? And that goes down to the artist too and touring and it just, it's just awful man it, it's really bad right now and it's very disappointing because i was hoping and i think i even said on the show that you know i thought that when covid when the world was finally back to some kind of normalcy that uh, the music business would be awesome you know everybody would just be you know on the same level and and it would just be all this great things and everybody coming back and it literally has just exploded into this array of just darkness and depression and just non-positive things because it's so expensive and unfortunately the bands are the ones that's suffering you know like i said the the festivals that i was supposed to be a part of they were great you know they, they just couldn't afford it and even we'd even offered to take some of the costs off of their end for us and uh as helpful as it was it just wasn't you know they couldn't do it they just couldn't do it and it's super disappointing and and but i understand it you know there was another festival that we were supposed to be a part of this year overseas and uh the promoter just ended up sticking to bands from his country and close by which i totally totally understand it wasn't that much of a risk for him and i get it i totally understand it and you know i'm certainly not mad about it i'm, I'm bummed about it because you know we were really looking forward to going over there but you know it's just one of those things man and you just kind of hope that maybe we'll get out of this and we'll see some light on the other side but right now with everything going on in the world and it's just really bad it's bad it, you know and it's a shame that people that love music so much and go into shows that they have to pick and choose what shows they go to it has not been easy we all thought that once we had started to rise above the pandemic the restrictions that you know we could get back to what we were doing before in the same capacity and as we talked about many times and we we mentioned it almost daily as we talked to one another that things are completely different than prior to the pandemic and you can't ignore that you can't ignore no. that the industry changed the world changed it was literally you know a leveling so and i agree with you when you say that there's places that you're you're saying well why is the price going up I guess if you did enough research, you'll can find the, yeah, you, the yeah, path of why this is going up. But yes, there yes. are people that are putting up their prices because everyone else is. Because yes. they can, you know, yes. because either they were holding off before or they figured, well, listen, here's why not, right? Because our industry is built about making money. So I, I right. get that. But what's happening is, is from the commodities and products and services that we're trying to utilize is that trickle-down effect where it's just costing the consumer. All this change in the music industry has cost the audience. And you've said it yourself. You, you never bought insurance for tickets and things no, like that. No, and now no. you almost have to. Yeah. So I buy every one. Yeah. I buy and, every one. And you know, there's a markup on that. They're making oh. money. It's not like it's costing them per se. You're doing electronic fund transfer. They can do one back to you. There's really no man hours like, you know, it's man seconds, if that, right? Right, right. right. I'm right. trying to man-explain it, so mansplain. <laughs> and then these other fees have popped up, 
And they're almost the price of the ticket in some regards. Like, so if, like, somebody's offering, and I'm just going to throw out numbers. Say there's a show and there's some deal on the ticket. It's like 45 bucks. And most people go, hey, you know what? 45 bucks isn't that bad. But by the time you're all said and done, you're pushing, like, $92.18. Like, you have all these fees that I don't even understand. Now, no one wants to do the cost of business. They don't want to pay for it. So they charge the customer the cost of business. And by that, I mean they're charging you the fees that they would be charged by the credit cards or the money exchange platforms and all that stuff. So instead of like them writing that off on their own ledger, they're going to just charge it to the customer. And they have to pay it. So we're paying not only to see the show, but we're paying for them to provide us the ticket to the show like in in a business sense if that makes any sense and i just think it's crazy in regards to the topic and touring basically this is what some of these panels right these experts have gotten together and spoke for the rest of us as to why things are the way they are and a lot of these panels they they discuss more of not the artist perspective or what the artist can do to tour or to affordably tour because really, for some people, the option is you either tour and you deal with it, and you're constantly digging into your pocket, or you don't tour. You don't tour. You don't yeah. tour. Yeah. That's so it. then what's the option? They're, they've made it black and white, and is it really black and white? I don't know. But anyway, a lot of the panels are saying that the change started to become as it is because, one, many festivals and venues have shut down since the pandemic. Yeah. They, they, they no longer exist. At the same time, people have left the industry since the pandemic. So that means bookers, promoters, advertisers, musicians themselves. And you talked about that in the recent podcast where Mm -hmm. people got used to being at home or seeing what they missed. And they said, you know what, I'm not going, I'm not touring anymore. So then you had to hire musicians. Listen, there's still a section of the population worldwide that still has the fear And they don't want to put themselves in a situation where something can happen and they can't come out of. Yeah, oh, 100%. It still exists. And because of everything that happened to the lead-up of the shutdown, people lost tons of money. I mean, I know that firsthand, being over in the UK, when pandemic hit and our country was shutting down, we had to cancel the rest of the tour. We lost money. The sponsors that were part of that tour lost money the venues and and every so i understand that it's not like stadium tour of motley crew kind of money but right right it's relative to the level that you're at dollars a dollar dollars a dollar so you have that and then because of the inflation of industry period you have this thing now that you have this it's like the elephant in the room you're missing all these venues you're missing all these people that were involved in the industry they're gone costs have soared you have these musicians on the other side and you're like well how do i now bridge that gap and that's kind of where where we're stuck into what's happening is like you had said and like so striper had i remember they canceled almost a month worth of shows because they couldn't get a tour bus right yeah like there was like a limitation in the tour buses you had a limitation of drivers for those tour buses Mm mm-hmm and then the cost was outrageous because it literally like doubled. The ones that were left were already booked up. So a lot of these guys were using some of the same tour buses 
or they were even sharing buses and the rising cost of gas. So not only is the bus itself, the driver, everything that goes with that, just to move it from point A to point B has soared. And if you're watching gas prices, they're constantly going up and down within that 20, 30 cents, depending on your area. And you're wondering, why are they going up day to day? Why is this dropped from here? It's like none of it makes sense. But it's costing now to go from city to city, town to town. Speaking on our level, on that Indian the trench level, fuel costs, toll costs, travel costs are huge. Because if you're traveling, just say you are traveling to another country, you're going to have to rent a car. If you already have a handler and they're providing you with what, maybe you're not paying right there on the spot, but you're paying somewhere down the line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But my point is, is you'll have to rent a vehicle that costs. So traveling costs in that regards is crazy. This is why a lot of bands have decided to stay where they're at and just play a smaller circuit, which is no different than what some bands did before. But bands that you were used to seeing hit a larger area have now shrunk that area. The rise of those bands that will stay to four or five venues within a, let's just say, no more than an hour and a half drive is what you're seeing. And because of the decrease in venues, and we were just talking about this before we went on air, you would frequent a place and it's your only place to frequent in that area when you play it, you're running the risk of not being able to play it because everybody else is trying to play it. Yeah. So because you have less venues, you have all these bands. Again, going back to the expert panels, they're saying that a lot of... Now, again, and I'm not 100% on this because it seems like no matter what, at the end of the day, and I guess for media to move some of their articles, somebody has to put the finger on somebody. So they go back to the oversaturation of music and artists. So all of a sudden it falls back on the artist. It's our fault because we're creating. Now, I don't know if that's really the sentiment or I'm just reading it wrong, which is possible. Who knows? I haven't had my breakfast yet this morning, so it's possible. (laughs) But to say that, okay, listen, we've talked about it. There is an oversaturation of music. It is everywhere. You have a million new uploads a month now, and that's just from the platform's that are putting it out there. What about people that are just posting it on Facebook or their other social media or their own websites? That stuff all counts. It may go uncounted, for lack of a better word, right? Unstatted, but it's out there. I'm sure there's a percentage of it. There's tons of new artists all the time. Oh, yeah. So they're saying that the oversaturation of the music, of artists... And of bands that want to tour. Well, of course bands want to tour. That's almost silly. You want to bring the music to the people. What else are you going to do? (laughs) Now listen, I know during the pandemic we did a lot of that online streaming. And there's people that are still doing it. But it doesn't replace the live setting. People still want to get together. Enjoy a night out, I guess. With friends, drinking, eating, and enjoying live music. We still run the risk of original music is a tough sell. It's a tough sell. And most bands have started to incorporate more and more covers. I'm seeing it with the original bands. And I'm seeing more and more cover bands pop up. Uh, Tribute bands, you know, which is just a glorified cover band in my opinion, have quadrupled in amounts since the pandemic. 
They're all over the place. All over, all the, over place. the place. And venues are opting to go with them more often than original bands. You may have original nights, if you're lucky, once a week, maybe even once or twice a month. And then unfortunately that we've we've seen the reasoning. We've seen that, you know, there are there are more people going to see tribute bands than original music. Oh yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen that they've put tribute and cover bands with original bands, even yeah. with national acts, to draw people in. And I've said in, this yeah. before, even a bad cover band yeah. gets a good response. Yeah. I mean yep. the people couldn't sing or maybe they're not even playing the song correctly. If they recognize it, that's all that counts. That's, that's all that counts. It's like some, something goes off in the brain, and they're not hearing that band anymore. They're hearing the original song, and I guess which keeps them at the bar longer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have your lack of venues. One venue I spoke to in New England, they only do a metal night once a quarter. That's it. And you know and what day? A Wednesday or no, a Sunday it's a, afternoon? No, it's a Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. It's an early yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because you know what I'm talking about. Once a quarter. And that's it's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And there's venues, what I call clubs. They're not even clubs. They're just venues that nationals come through. Yeah. They're not even booking rock and metal acts anymore. No. They're no. booking ethnic groups because of the yeah. draw. They're booking the pro and amateur wrestling. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything from, you know, this is what they call it, you know, midget wrestling to female wrestling to, yeah. you know, yeah. the high wire yeah. stuff. They're bringing yeah. this into their venue along with the, you know, the Magic Mike dancers and, and all that kind of stuff because yep. they're drawing people. Those are drawing people, yeah. Again, when this airs, this will already be older news, but Godsmack canceled their spring tour because of low yeah. ticket sales or soft ticket sales, as they call it. On a side note, they've been one of those bands that people love to hate now. They were real yeah. big, and then they loved to hate them, kind of like Creed and Nickelback. They they kind of fallen into that because they were that early 2000-era type band. Now, I've seen yep. them in concert. I've seen them with Metallica years ago. They put on a great show, great sound. I know there's been things in the press that they've said over the years or Sully has said over the years that maybe have rubbed people the wrong way. He's that kind of guy. You know, yeah, but I don't even know. I, I, even in this day and age, I don't even know how much that would affect them now. Like, you know, because there are, listen, there are many artists that have done really dumb stuff that are still selling out places. But yeah, it's crazy. You know, even smaller venues, like I'm sure they're not pulling. I'm sure they weren't, you know, booked at big stadiums or, you know, big, you know, hockey stadiums or basketball stadiums. They certainly weren't playing, you know, big football, baseball stadiums. But you know, they were probably playing, you know, small little venues. And for them to go, listen, we can't even play small venues. Like, that's crazy to me. And it's not like it's, you know, I mean, Godsmack had some songs back in the day. And, and uh, you know, it's crazy to me that they can't even fill small venues. You are listening to The Cosmic Voice with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. So what some of these bands are doing is they're just repeating their cycle twice. I'll give you an example of a major band or a bigger national band like Trap. They're doing a spring tour this year. They're kind of almost following the same route that they did in the fall, late yeah. summer, fall. They're going to go back to the venues that will offer them whatever yeah. it is that they're looking for or where they know they have a small they, draw, yeah. right? That yeah. At least it's going to be something for them. So yeah. when those bands are coming through, 
your other lesser known bands or you know indie in the trench guys you're not going to get an opportunity there's no guarantee that you're going to have the draw but you're out there trying to tour and get build an audience and make contact and the oversaturation umbrella does cover it but i mean it just covers it It, but it doesn't give you really a reason and uh, what i'm seeing with these panels and everybody else is no one's giving assistance in what are we supposed to do as the indie independent artist like i said the two things that you keep reading is you're either paying for it yourself or you don't tour or you don't tour like if you see all of a sudden now there's places that are pushing you know get your cds out there start pushing cds do this, do that, online content, you know, all this kind of stuff. Because, again, and what does that do? That drives another end of the industry where the artist is still paying for that as well. Yeah. And then sooner yeah. or later you're going to have all this, and then it's going to be oversaturated there, and nobody's buying anything anyway. Most people don't buy CDs unless they're at the show, right? For a band like me, yeah. the merch table is big. It's yeah. important. That's where I sell CDs. I don't ship out that many CDs. I mean, I right. ship out some every month, but I'm not talking mean, about yeah. like, come on, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not, yeah. I can't, I can't count on that. But when I play a show, the CD's right there. Yeah. You know, if they're buying a t-shirt and they still got some change, I'll make the deal. That's yeah. the way we work. So bands like us, you, me, all the bands that we work with, merch sales are key. They're key. And yeah. like we talked about, yep. you know, in another episode, that's why we get merch. So we can make a little bit to make a little bit more to fund some other stuff and we can only do that if we're touring it falls right down the line right like a band asks for so much money to tour come to find out now that as social media has become popular you're coming to find out that those bands aren't making all the money that you think they are because they're the tickets are expensive because of fees and you know now all these major ticket companies which is unbelievably to me and nothing irritates me more that these major ticket companies are in cahoots with the third-party sellers now, like yep. they own them. Yep. So now they're making more money, plus the fees, plus you know the percentages that they take in merchandise, which means now the merchandise is more expensive because the band's trying to make their money back. And you know, do we really want to pay fifty dollars a shirt? Obviously, some people do, and then that's fine. I you know I I don't judge people that pay that kind of money for a T-shirt. I totally understand it. You know, the artist isn't getting anything. And the, you know, and they're the one, and they're the ones that are paying more to get to your town. They're the ones doing and the work. They're the ones doing the work, and everybody else is making money. And and you know, it's just it's just amazing to me that in this day and age, that the artists still are not making what they should be making because they're paying. You know, of course they got to pay their people and production costs and lawyers and all that stuff, and that's always been there. But yeah. now they have to charge more because now there's more fees and stuff yeah. coming out. To your point, there's bands that are going out, bigger bands that are going out and not bringing road crews. Or it's just one guy because they can't afford it, right? They can't can't afford afford the space. They can't afford the pay. They can't afford whatever. We don't bring anybody out on tour. We do the stuff ourselves, which is even more taxing. Your case in point to the tickets, the singer from The Cure, they're so angry right now because they set a low ticket price, Yeah, right? And then... To get their audience there, because they understand what's happening. You know, the monopoly on the Ticketmaster and Live Nation and whatever. Because it's almost like, like you said, they're all the same company. They add all yeah. these extra things in. Speaking of which, you know, we'll go back to KISS. Their 50 last shows. The Madison Square Garden tickets, you know, the pre-sale, you couldn't even touch. 
I mean, there was yeah. nothing. Most of them went into resales yeah. within resales. 15, 20 minutes. Then the and next day when they went live or the two days after, whenever it was, the lowest nosebleed was 550. That was at that and, point. And that's disgusting. And that was already reseller. You weren't buying them. It's like, are you kidding me? I think first row or, or within that first couple rows was up to like 7,000 something. Like, are you it's, kidding um, me? That's crazy. But I mean, crazy. of course, are people going to pay it? Yes, they will. Because as, if there's someone willing to pay, no one's ever going to say, well, we made a mistake. Right. And like you right. said, costs will continue to go up. They're not going to come down. They may right. level you know, off, but they're never going to go backwards. Like I said, no. it's not Scooter no. Tuna, man. Right. <laughs> you know, back in the day when I was a kid uh, or when I was younger and able to afford my own tickets, and, you know, I wasn't bumping up mom and dad for money. I um, Now your wife just I, pays for them. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true, too. I, you know, I used to be able to, like, if there was a show I wanted to see and I didn't want to sit in the nosebleeds, you know, I could go to the Yellow Pages and I could find all these ticket agencies, right? And then I could call around and find the best deal. And, and most of the time, these little ticket agencies were double the actual ticket price. So right. if a ticket was 100 bucks, I could call Dave's ticket service and get it for 200 bucks, right? But I got, like, third row or second. Like, I, there's many, many shows I've been to that I paid double for double the ticket price double the ticket price to get a upfront seat because back then you know I, I i didn't know how to get those front row seats well now forget it you're not even i mean like you would like you would just said the ticket sales online day of show they're triple quadruple more ticket price because now your third party seller are the ones that are actually selling the tickets and that is disgusting Disgusting Terrible. to me that these companies are now in cahoots with the seat geeks and the you know the vivid seats or whatever they're called. Like that is disgusting to me. Now, and I'll give you an example. I just bought tickets to a super small show at like a super small venue. Tickets were literally seventeen bucks to see it in an old school West Coast metal band from back in the day, and they were seventeen bucks, right? Like no big deal. So. This whole, like, you're charging me to print at home is ridiculous to me. Like, like you're charging me to print at home? Ridiculous. So I didn't choose that. So I chose Will Call. Well, now you're charging me for Will Call. I think it was five bucks a ticket or whatever it was. I'm like, really? You're charging me for Will Call? But I understand because you got to pay the person at the window. Okay, I'll let that go. And then insurance per ticket. Now I've spent... Now, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it was only 56 bucks or whatever it ended up being. But I'm like, my ticket was 17. Like, right. there was what, two tickets was like $34? Like, right. now I'm up to like 60 bucks because of all these fees. I'm like, and that's just a small show. That's not even these big venue, you know, big hockey rink, basketball places. It's unbelievable to me. And it's just utterly disgusting yeah, well you know it's, what's it's happening so with, you know what's happening like so they're charging to print at home i can't even understand that i can't even understand. I, like how do they get away nobody nope i don't even think that you get a hard ticket sent no. to you option anymore no. and then the nope, other thing is not. is like some say you can't print you can't scan you can't take a screenshot you have to show the digital yes. thing and you know what they're yes. doing is they're pushing people to get the app because yes. once they have you in the app, that's what I mean. So, like, they've limited your options, and the options they do give you, most of them you have to pay. So you take the one that you don't have to pay, and then you got to set up an app, and then you're inundated with nonstop just 
garbage. It's yep. unbelievable what's going on with the ticket prices because, again, like you said, most of the artists aren't getting it. Nope. The audience is paying for it, and somewhere that money goes to somebody. Because somebody. here's the thing. Those man hours are still probably less yes. than what we're paying. I mean, when you rack it up and you do the numbers, it's like, come on, you stop. Minimum wage is minimum wage. And as we said, as prices soar, nothing is balanced out or evened out because what people are making in their job hasn't changed, hasn't raised much. It's not, right. you know, even if it has, it hasn't caught up to the times. No, no. Minimum wage should have went up 20 years ago, 25 yeah. years ago. And again, yeah. we're not an economic show, but it does come down to what people are paying. And I'll go back to, you still have that percentage of the population that are paying. So as long yep. as people are paying, then they're going to yeah. keep charging. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be a hand-in-hand thing, right? Like either the audience stops paying and says, we're not going to do this anymore. And you're, not, you're never going to have people 100% on board of it because no. it's, it's a no. me world. And the other yeah. thing is the artists need to just put their foot down and go, listen, I can't, we have to stop this. By doing that means they're not touring, and by not touring and doing all this stuff means they're not making money. And some of these artists depend on it, right? They're all not at the Metallica status or Bon Jovi where they could, you know, have a restaurant and give away the food for free type right. of thing, right? <laughs> right so right. some of these guys, that's their only job. That's their only source of income, you know, yeah. and they're not even making 50 grand a year if they're even lucky. Yeah. Just, it's it's yeah. show to show. You could, Look, guys, you could do the math. Your average guy could get... $1,500 a show, and you know the name, but they're not yeah. really having the draw. Yeah, They have right. five bands that sell tickets prior to the thing. That's who pays them. Yeah. Yeah. And the venue is yep. overcharging anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yep. there's no ticket fees. and So that's why we go back to saying, if you're going to buy tickets to a show, buy them off the band that you're going to go yep. see. Because yep. there are no ticket fees. Well, or they're already kind of worked into the face price of the ticket one way or the other. It doesn't matter. Some of these guys are printing them off their own dot matrix. <laughs> yeah. Right? So yeah. it's like you could yeah. see, you know, not a lot of money's been put into that ticket. Piece of paper, <laughs> cut, right? Lines ain't straight. Go sharpen them scissors, buddy. This whole inflation thing with the rise of cost of touring, like it, it's gotten to the point now where it literally is just it's out of hand. And unfortunately, bands and us fans are the ones that suffer. You know, you, these big companies, no matter who it is, they don't care. They'll just find somebody else. They'll just move on to the next. But, you know, if you're a fan of whatever band and uh, you can't afford to go, it, it, it's, you know, it's a really crummy thing. And or these, you know, you're waiting to see your favorite band and they can't. They can't get here if they're from Europe or even for, from the States. They can only maybe they can only do maybe they can only afford seven dates. So now you have to travel three or four hours to go see your favorite band because they can't get to your city, you know, because it's just too expensive. And that as an artist, as someone that is held up in a rehearsal spot writing lyrics, writing songs, spending time, recording, doing all this hard work, and I'm not able to get it to the people, that really sucks because I can't afford to get there. And that's that's a really crummy feeling. Well, here's what Google says, you know, when you do a search, just, just so you could see, why are concerts so expensive these days? And this is what they're saying. It's the woes of inflation impacting the cost of gas, musical equipment, and other items it takes for them to hit the road. 
And that so makes it's at least 30 to 40% more expensive today. And that was as of December, <laughs> December 2022, to tour than it was pre-pandemic. Now, I'm going to tell you something. 30 to 40%, that's pretty that's much, that's your entire income. That's whatever yeah, you think you were going to profit. That's above profit. Like you're just yeah. you're already going into the red. You're into the red before you even hit the road. Yeah. Before yeah, you even say, "Hey, I'm going to tour this year," you're already in the red. <laughs> you got to yeah. figure it out. But the funny thing is, is musical equipment. Yes, musical equipment has gone up. I'll give you a quick example. Not like it makes a big difference. The guitar I use primarily on tour, I bought a number of years ago. I got it for four hundred bucks. That guitar now still is being sold. It's double the price. How is that possible? It's the same guitar. It doesn't make sense. It's the same material. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's just unbelievably crazy. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is is if you see a lot of these bands that are touring, they ain't using that great of equipment. Half (laughs) of them are using the opening acts equipment. I have supplied so many nationals with equipment. With equipment. Drums, yeah. cymbals, yeah. hardware, heads, cabinets. Thank God I'm left-handed. I've never come in contact with another left-handed guitar player on national circuit. But I have seen bands travel without guitars. Yeah. And they have the yeah. venue provides them with something. And this was even pre-pandemic. But I'm yeah. seeing it yeah. more and more now because a lot of these guys that are touring, and again, I'm not going to name any names because that's not what this is about, but they're not touring in vans. They're not touring no. in buses. No. They're literally touring in Toyota Corollas. Yeah. And whatever yeah. they can yep. fit into that trunk, yep. and it's usually maybe three guitar cases and a little pedal box or something like that. And then they need room for their wig and their change <laughs> of clothing, which is the same outfit every other day. <laughs> so, you know, four pairs of underwear and you just wash them <laughs> through the sink. That's a- <laughs> Come on, man. Get, you know. And listen, I know because I've been dealing with setting up a tour this year. I know the cost. Yeah. We're doing a similar tour that we did in 2020. Now in 2023, you're talking literally it's three years and one month difference from the time we'll be there. And the cost, the difference in cost is it's staggering. Yeah. So some of your methods aren't going to work. So for bands like us, for artists like us, you have to get as creative as possible. And if you go back to our episode on bands making money, that's kind of what we're talking about. If you want to tour, then you do it. You may have to come to terms with, I can do this or I can do this. You may have to make some choices. You Be honest with yourself. Again, your choice is you either do it and you kind of work around it or you don't do it. Yeah. And if you want to do it, then you'll find a workaround. Maybe that means you've got to play smaller places. Maybe that means you do have to book Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Sunday afternoons. Yeah. yeah it just works yeah. that way. I mean, just listen, we're, we're we're doing it. We're doing it. I put it out the vibe of like, hey, I'll do a Saturday afternoon matinee show. If you read the article, and again, when this airs, it'll be a couple months past maybe. But, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis put a whole thing out there. She's up for bands doing midday shows for the older fans. Dude, I'm on it 100%. Let's do this. I'll get to bed at a regular time. I'm a little bit more up. I don't have to take my five-hour energy. You know what I'm saying? You get up. You're ready to go. You go to the show, and you're home, man. And you're home. I get it. 
Listen, us 50-plus guys, let's do matinee shows. Let's do matinee. You know what I mean? Like when they used to do the theaters. Remember when we were kids? You could go to the movie theater, but they had the magician at 1 p.m. You know, you have the balloons and stuff. A clown would come through, and then you get to see some stupid cartoon movie. I'll be that stupid magician or clown, man. I'll play because I'll get home early enough. Nice dinner. Everything. You know what I mean? I'm for it. I don't know. What do you think, buddy? You got anything else you want to add? No, no. I pretty much said it all. I, I think that, you know, this day and age, unfortunately, we have to pick and choose as music lovers and as fans of bands. And uh, I think it sucks. You know, I, I think it's a really, really crummy thing right now that we're all dealing with it. You know, of course, we are all dealing with it in our personal lives. But, uh, you know, since this is a music podcast, it, it you know, it's just a shame because us as artists, all we want to do is just play and, and get our stuff out there and get it heard and, and uh, meet people. And uh, it sucks when you can't do it because that's what we've always wanted to do that's why we do it that is why we do it. we make those connections again if you guys want to get out there and you want to tour be honest with yourself you can make it happen get creative with some of your financing programs and then maybe start out small i'm a firm believer you start out small a nice tight package is better than a, this loose dangly thing that yeah. you're losing stuff along the way and then yep. you, at the yep. end you go what happened to everything there was a hole yeah. in the bag and you didn't see it keep it nice yeah. and small Keep it close to you, right in the breadbasket, you'll be okay. Yep. If you like that episode, check out some of our other episodes at www.thecosmicvoice.com. Step into the cosmic verse and fill that void. Thanks so much for listening. This is The Cosmic Voice. Be sure to check us out at thecosmicvoice.com. Like and follow us on Facebook at The Cosmic Voice. You can find The Cosmic Voice everywhere you listen to online podcasts like Deezer, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, and so many more. Okay, folks, that will do it for another episode of The Cosmic Voice. Mick and I would like to say thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. You're listening to The Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business.